Have you ever heard a strange noise in the middle of the night? Ever seen something you couldn't quite explain? What's that? Ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? What are you? Psychic mediums Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons Polito talk about it all. Welcome to the Psychic on the Scene podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the 100th episode of Psychic on the Scene. Woo! I can't believe we, we're here. And we started in April of 2019, which does not even seem like it's been that long. But I think it's miraculous. And, you know, thanks to our fans that reached out to us during pandemic and was like, "Ah, I'm I'm binge listening to your episodes. Are you guys going to be doing more? Well, even though we're in shutdown. And I literally that day contacted D and you and said, can we do that by Zoom? And he's like, yep. So thank God for that and us being able to do this. So. (laughs) <laughs> We're really, really very fortunate for the show, for our friendship, and being able to talk about and do what we love Amen. on, on an every other week basis and get to go into creepy places and talk about <laughs> creepy things that other people would kind of be like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you about that stuff. <laughs> but um, Again, I would like to welcome our wonderful producer and friend co-host, D. Scott. Hi there. And my other wonderful friend and co-host, psychic medium, Michelle Lyons-Polito. Hey, everyone. And uh, I'm going to have Michelle intro our wonderful guest, who is a return guest to our show tonight. Yeah, and we are so happy to have her here, Brittany DeMarco Furman. And did I say that right? Did I pronounce it right? It's not my legal name, but you know, I'm like a sort of a COVID bride. It's Brittany DeMarco, Brittany Furman, Brittany DeMarco Furman, tons of aliases. <laughs> Just Brittany. Brittany bitch. Oh my gosh. And you were on, I think you said the 25th episode. Yeah. So that was so Brittany, of- tell the listeners about when you were on a little reminder. Oh my God. My favorite story. So I don't even know how we first connected. Um, well, actually, I actually know I do. Um, Michelle on a funeral. Um, he yep. was it was you guys. Yep. And then Katie, you know, I obviously you're a mermaid. So I <laughs> was trying to get into, you know, psychics and wanted to like kind of just learn just as, you know, something personally, I kind of was drawn to and there you are this beautiful sparkly mermaid I'm like that's a psychic I want to see so I saw one of your <laughs> um, no yeah and I just I have a photo with you I started fangirling you <laughs> oh my god and um then there was a private party at my friend's house and we just like hit it off and I told you what yeah and then you invited me on the pod so you know we're all Facebook friends by this time and um I remember it was fourth of July weekend 2020 during the pandemic when you know like yeah. you just try to make your own fun well my fun right. the holiday was getting drunk on lake george having a whole great time on a boat <laughs> and you know i posted photos having such a blast and you know drinking and literally we had the podcast okay so july 4th i think that monday so it's still like returning from like probably a hangover weekend whatever <laughs> right and, so i posted that we were partying and we get on the, the the Zoom call for the podcast episode talking about my profession and, you know, um, funeral directing and whatnot. And then we press 
the the pause button or you know we we got out of recording and we just had a little like conversation and just out of the blue katie goes Brittany, are you pregnant like (laughs) i literally just found out it was pregnant hours before this (laughs) hours so i don't know if you like read my face as panic but i'm thinking like how would she know this i was just posting that i was out drinking all weekend for one weekend (laughs) and no idea i was pregnant and then i was like thinking i was like you know what i think i'm late and that sunday i came back my husband bought me a pregnancy test and sure enough, I found out and I had no idea out of the blue how you said it. So I tell everybody this story. And if nobody's a believer, I'm like, you can't tell me otherwise. Because <laughs> Well, no when idea. you were we were talking, it was we had gone off air. We were talking yes. and I kept hearing, tell her she's pregnant. Tell her she's pregnant. And so I had to wait for, the, for us to go off air. And that's why I was like, Brittany, are you pregnant? Oh my god! And um, face, you, yes, face, you did. Remember her face yeah. froze. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And now you I have a beautiful. Didn't even tell my. Oh, mom that's yet. right. So that's right. It was my sister because I was like panicking because we had a death call come in, and I was like, I just found out I'm pregnant. I'm like nervous because I was drinking all weekend. Um, Taylor, can you help me out? And she's like, Wait, what? I'm like, Don't tell mom. I have to figure it out. But you know, Katie Manning and Michelle Polito already knew that I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And how old is your little girl now? She's two and a half. She turns three in March. She is gorgeous. Adorable. It goes by so, so quick. And you know what? Everybody used to tell me, it goes by so quick, Brittany. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a kid and you join that club. And I'm out there like spreading the good word that life goes by quick too. So It does. It goes by really quick. Time for another one. I know, right? Well, hey, maybe you can tell me if I'm pregnant next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we had you on because of your experiences and and kind of your connections with families because your family owns a funeral home mm-hmm. and um, with the paranormal in regards to that and, and people's experiences, your experiences. So fast forward, um, you have something to share with our listeners. Yeah. Oh, so now I'm I'm going to be publishing a book. I'm part of a group, um, authored collaborative book. Uh, there's some authors here in the local area, most of them that are clinical counselors or psychologists. Uh, but I am the perspective of a funeral director. Um, what's very unique about this is, you know, we are professionals in our own way, handling grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we all have a story of grief um, in our own personal life. So right. we tell our story of grief, and then we create a tool uh, that's meant to help whoever's reading. And with 25 authors, you know, maybe you read my perspective, which I could talk right. a little bit about. Um, uh, but if my story and my tool don't help you, one of the other 24 authors may. So Sounds like it, an amazing book. It is. I started reading uh, the manuscript yes, uh, yep, last night, and it was just released to us. So I just signed off on my chapter. My chapter mm. is called The Last Responder, mm, Continuing Through oh. the Dead. And my story is not about a personal person in my life, uh, you know, family member. It's actually, it's a 
story about a man that I served uh, back in 2019 who I met before he passed away. Uh And uh, I got to honor him and be there throughout his funeral process. But it takes you back to the story of when he passed away and what that made me feel like in um, both as a, a human experience, but also to showcase that funeral directors, uh, we have to deal with death every day. And yeah. that that does tear a part of our soul, uh, especially if you got to meet the person. So my grief is uh, to honor Mr. Jones. Um, oh. And uh, I am really proud of that story because it really honors him and just shows that we truly do as last responders and funeral directors, we are the storytellers that continuing um, that continue stories for people who pass away. What's really interesting is I don't think until it's it's part of um, your immediate life that people know how to grieve or how to how to even. Um, celebrate people with the loss. Nobody ever teaches you or talks to you about um, when that's going to happen and and what life would look like or feel like. And and maybe it's because it's a it's a heavy subject. But at the same time, I think we do a dishonor to people to not, especially our children, to not have some sort of a conversation about that cycle and that process. Right. And then in that in really being grateful for when things are um, beautiful and loving mm-hmm. and that not so much like, and someday it'll be gone, but to say that this is something for you to hold. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the biggest part of, of um, learning um, with your own lives, um, how to grieve. And some people, I think they come to Michelle and I because they don't, they don't know what to do with the grief. They didn't exactly. have a healthy goodbye. And, you know, funerals are supposed to symbolize the beginning of your grief journey and mm. how to start that healthy uh, new existence because you'll never be the same uh, than you were before that loss, whether that is exactly. your mother, your spouse, your sibling, your pet. I mean, you guys right. about what you, you guys followed me about my dog and, oh, you know, yeah. how that that crushed me in my own way. And I've had losses that have been so different throughout my life, whether that was my mother-in-law and my grandmother. And it it just really shows you that each loss and each part of that grief journey is unique and they're not the same. So you you can't really prepare yourself for them. Even if you are aware and I heard someone say once, even though the, the, you know, the train's coming, it still hurts when it, when it hits because you don't know sometimes i have found that i've been surprised at how i've responded i tend to like just take care of things and then like maybe three months later alone in the shower suddenly i'm crying (laughs) you know that's how it happens and you'll never get rid of that you know you hear a song that comes on and reminds you of a loved one it really sets the tone where it's like, I haven't thought about this poor memory or this person for so many years. And then all of a sudden you just start crying. Yeah. Our brains, we heal, but then we never fully recover. I mean, we'll never forget our, the people that we lost. We just right. learn how to kind of survive. And those first That's, yep. when somebody passes away, it's called a grief cloud. You're not thinking 
But then mm-hmm. if you don't have the arrangements in order, and let's be real, nobody is prepared for death. You're answering a hundred questions the first month, whether that's planning a funeral or the legal aspects of life um, after death. Right. So just make sure assets are in order. Um, you know, you're able to still survive and organize your life. So the funeral process is um, it's a part of a healthy goodbye, but my chapter really discusses how the ceremony of the first hours and minutes after somebody passes, what that means when the last responder shows up at the nursing home or to the house, um, if somebody passed on hospice or an unintended mm-hmm. death, and what mm-hmm. that initial ceremony of how you see your loved one being taken away by the last responder, yeah. you know, whether that's in your forever home um, and out on the stretcher and leaving the home that, you know, you built together or just knowing that the end of life is is now concluded and now you have to go into this next stage of grieving. So it is uh, psychological uh, when you read my chapter because I try to put my perspective out as a funeral director, but also think about how important those first initial moments are because that's where the the healthy grieving begins you don't want to have a bad goodbye say the funeral director comes to the wow takes your loved one out and you know just covers you the body and then just you know makes a loud noise and doesn't let you like kiss them goodbye before leaving the house or you know they're in and out It, it is when I go to a house, I'm thinking 10 steps before anything because I'm thinking about right. their emotions. And I think you guys and I, we discussed that. I can feel energy. Right. And, right. and you know when it's like they're ready and they, they, they now need to like, I am ready. Like, let's, let me right. just go and be alone and I need to go and cry. Or I need to be very careful. I need to talk about this person's life. I need to make sure that they know they can sit with me. I need to make sure that they know they can walk uh, their loved one out of the home. So it is a, um, which direction do I go every step I make when I come to a home and make a house removal? So uh, when you read the chapter, it really just discusses uh, the very important part of the goodbye. And, that, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sorry, Michelle, go ahead. No, no, no that's so important because I, I experienced that in different ways. And when my father passed, he was in our home and, um, it's interesting because as a psychic, I knew because he was already talking to me before wow. he had left his body. So I knew what to do with certain steps. And I found that I was guiding, but I knew that I did not want to be there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to be there when they put him, you know, on the strut. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not want. So, and we all went and I said to my mother, I, do you want to come into here? We went into the playroom, which is for the furthest point in the house away from where my father had passed mm-hmm. only because we were always so close to him when he was in hospice yeah. and we all felt so weird in that room mm. like it was yeah. the strangest sensation like you, you you're ready to get out of the room and because yeah. you knew that he was no longer there he was with Correct. you so you don't have to be in that room to see him where he withered away and you yes. know I, I could absolutely understand that and we always give the families the option because there are some people who would like to watch the process of uh, taking a loved one into our care and not every instance that families want to be a part of that but if people in the family want to we make it a ceremony we 
we oh. try to find symbolism wherever you can because you're never going to forget that moment and you'll never be able to replay that that moment. So we don't want anybody to have to go to a counselor or a therapist and be like, I am, I am tra traumatically never going to recover from how the funeral director or the, the emergency personnel took my well, that is really insightful and i don't think i i ever realized that Brittany. that there was so much not that i wouldn't but i mean that there was so much thought put into that and just that part of it removing them from the space Mm -hmm. Brittany and her family are amazing. I've I've piped with many a funeral director, and I have to say, in general, that funeral directors and the people that work with them are some of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> they really they are, are my favorite people too. Let me tell you. Yes, just I don't know, just an appreciation for life, and there for us at some of the hardest, most difficult moments of our lives, and just to be so loving and supportive. I, I just. I can't say well, and we know with grief, and I know for myself when I, I've read for some families, mm -hmm. um, there's different different levels of acceptance. And um, a lot of times people want to talk to us like right away. And part of it is because they're they're angry. But one of the things I've learned is anger usually is inspired by fear. And right. it's probably the fear of what life would look like without them or even having that person, even if they weren't well, still there. And that just trying to become adjusted um, in, that, in that new space, right? In the new space with, without that person being there. And I, I appreciate you saying that, like you, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that um, the families have the time to kind of embrace um, saying goodbye in a personal way. Because everything else, like you said, becomes a blur after that. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I feel like a lot of the art of funeral directing has changed for me since I became a mother because I oh, think yeah. of yeah. how I would want Madison to have that mm. healthy guy. And also now, I mean, I still have, I'm blessed to still have my mom and dad with me, but mm -hmm. I think about them, they're passing so much more often now that I'm a mom, because I right. just feel that connection that we have. Um, unfortunately, you kind of have to grow up to understand, wow, your parents really do love you and everything yeah. that they did um, for you and annoyed you, that was because they loved you. So <laughs> I'm on a sorry train uh, for my parents ever since I became a mom. But um, besides that point, <laughs> um, uh, when I do the, the ceremony of leaving a home or a nursing home, uh, there's also the casket ceremony where people don't realize that that's one of the most intimate moments you'll have. So when people say a funeral or calling hours, you know, mm -hmm. calling hours are when people come to gather, pay their respects to you, um, show up and yeah. say that in quotations because, you know, death is something as humans we've done to, as a community to come together. Funerals are a place to come together. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I understand that we're all not, living in the same town anymore we're not in the early 1900s where you know, there's no airplanes and people don't live all across the world that's not reality but right. you know if somebody who is able and capable um to be there is there that matters and you certainly do remember the people that didn't show up in your time of need right so it's a time to gather it's a time to share your memories bring 
those memories that maybe the the family never even knew about and you learn something new about mm. your loved one that passed after the fact which you know i think that's very healthy because it's like wow i never knew that about dad and mm-hmm. i'm gonna that forever or you know we're all so unique i always make the analogy that our lives are a rock and the world is a lake you throw the rock in the lake and you create a ripple effect. So calling yep. um, hours is to feel the ripple effect of that life. The funeral is to sit down in reflection and celebrate your religion, uh, but most importantly, celebrate the life and acknowledge that we all are grieving. And mm. then, of course, the burial is um, or the entombment is somewhere to etch your name in this earth or whether that's a scattering mm. service, you know, every... The final decision. Brittany, I love that. I mean, honestly, it's just there's so much that goes into this. But those are the, the three stages that people know of. But the stages in my book are about the ceremony of when you have to leave um, where you were, as I just discussed about the home, but right. also the closing ceremony or, you know, people are going to take the urn home with them. I don't want them to just come to the funeral home. And there's the, the here's here's the cremains. Bye. Honestly, I think I learned from you guys that lighting a candle or having some like vibe set for the family, for their spirit to like mm. be ready to travel yep. on out of the funeral home to them. Um, yep. it's, it's all a ceremony. And mm. I think this generation, um, I think the next generation might be different, but the current generation is just like, oh, just cremate me and whatever. It's like, you know, we could do that, but you also also have to remember that your survivors deserve to have a healthy right. goodbye and yep. your life mattered. Yeah. Do you want to go in Folger's um, can? I'm actually putting some guy in a whiskey barrel this week. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honest to God. Honest to God. Um, I'm loving that. I'm like, absolutely we can, but let's still like pause and make sure we honor you in some way, whether that's you mm-hmm. guys have a party or you guys come together for 30 minutes to just share memories because togetherness is where we start. Because if you start the grieving process alone, you are definitely going to have some issues coming up in the past, in the future. My, um, my uncle that. who passed um, about a week or so ago, well, about now it's two weeks ago. Um, all I kept thinking before he passed was he always had said, we'd be there having dinner and he'd say, I told your aunt, I, nobody better bury me in a suit or anything stuffy. I'm going with the sweatshirt with the sweatshirt on. So I remembered that. Mm. So don't I see him? And he's fine after he passes and he's there in his sweatshirt. He's working in the kitchen and everybody's over for coffee and in this in the uh, vision that I had. And um, all I kept thinking was, oh, he's got a sweatshirt on when I got yeah. the, um, the actual wake. He had a sweatshirt on. So um, well, I had to let my cousin, my aunt know. In the afterlife, because yeah, I, I have a question for you. So yes. do we pass, a, do, when you see, visualize um, yeah. spirits and our love, uh, loved ones uh, over the horizon, do uh-huh. you see them with what they were wearing at their funeral or what they died in? Or can you like describe Sometimes. to Sometimes. So many variations. Um, in my experience, I have seen people who have not crossed over some earthbound spirits and they often appear in what they died in. And then when I do release work, they often come back like women are usually like 
25, men are usually 19, wearing their favorite outfits. Sometimes I have spirits come through and they're wearing specific things to give a message. My, right. father, my father came through in a dream because I was obsessing like a month after he had passed. Oh, we lost Katie. I'll just keep talking. A month after we after he passed, I was like, I don't remember what we had him in the casket in. We had him cremated. I'm a bad daughter. You know, all that, mm -hmm. you know, the guilt and, and whatnot. And then we ended up, my mother's like, well, this is what he wore. And this is, I'm like, and I, that's, that's right. We had him cremated with his slippers on, but a suit. Oh. So, because those were his favorite slippers and his glasses were in his pocket. So <laughs> that night I had a dream and, you know, I say dream, but it was a visit. It was a visitation. And in it, I was at my father's wake and I was talking to someone I didn't recognize. And I said, I can't believe that they I can't remember what my father wore. And, and the person said, don't worry, it's recorded. And I was aghast. I'm like, we would never record a wake. Well, next thing I know, I'm floating over his wake. And I can see him in his casket. I see what he's wearing. So I stop obsessing about that. And But then I realize I can hear, I can see myself in my, my family. And I, I can, I realize I can hear every thought, feel every feeling, hear every conversation, but it was all crystal clear. And I look over at this person floating next to me. It's my dad. He's in his tux. I look down, I'm in my wedding gown. And oh, wow. My right, I wasn't on my left. And he's smiling. I guess the best way to describe it is a shit-eating grin. <laughs> That's oh what he God. always said. He's wearing a shit-eating grin. And then I look back and he's got his pajamas on and, you know, his favorite, like, T-shirt with his you know, um, sweatpants short. And I, and I've got my, my Yoda nightgown on. It's like, it was kind of like, okay, we're formal, but now we can relax. So he came through to say, don't worry. This is what you're obsessing about. Cause I couldn't remember what he had worn Katie when we had him in the casket, but then he wanted to let me know that it was no big deal. And, mm -hmm. but he let me experience how he experienced his wake. And that was the biggest gift. And that big smile on his face was amazing. Years ago, Brittany, it's a great question. I, I may have shared this on the on the podcast in the past, but um, I had taken a class at um, Adirondack College, mm. and it was for ghost hunting. It was like right when the beginning of ghost hunting started. So I take this class, and the professor at one point realizes that I'm a psychic and I'm in the class. So somebody in the class all of a sudden says, well, how come when these spirits are showing up or they're getting filmed, they've got on long Victorian gowns and they got, and, and the kid said, why aren't they showing up like naked? Like if we're supposed to be a pure <laughs> being, why aren't we like totally buck naked? And the teacher, everybody just stopped. And the teacher said, well, I don't know. Let's ask Katie. And so everybody in this classroom, this huge auditorium turned around and said, you know, like, Why? And I said, because they weren't walking around buck naked when they were alive. Like, they're doing pretty much the same thing that they would have done um, while they were in their daily life. So, you know, if they had we're blue jeans on. And we still have, like, morals and boundaries. Right, right. So they're still doing that. I mean, it looks like if you look at my, like, camera here, it looks like I'm manifesting my outfit for my afterlife. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> I was actually, like, looking, but what's behind me? Like, it was kind of scaring me. Actually, my robe is scaring me, too, now from my wedding. So <laughs> if I'm manifesting for, like, you know, my afterlife, please make sure I'm fashionable. <laughs> oh, my You're gosh. funny. Um, 
Have you had some surprises as far as families after Brittany, either, either you dreaming of some of the people or having your own personal paranormal experiences or families sharing with you after um, things that have happened to them with, you know, meeting their loved ones, kind of like what Michelle was talking about? No, yeah. I mean, I, last time I was on the pod with you guys, I definitely shared a few examples. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing. Like people, the music comes on. They oh, yeah. have not heard a so- this the song, their wedding song for years. You know, it's a song yeah. the 50s. And all of a sudden, they're hearing it wherever, whether that's on a commercial, whether that's yeah. accidentally the radio station changed or, um, you know, it's on a trending TikTok. All of a sudden it's trending on TikTok, a song from 1975. It's like insane. And then they do talk to me about that. And I let them know it's a sign from heaven because some people didn't even right. think that this might be a sign from heaven. And uh-huh. I opened their eyes to, you know, be aware, you know, things will show up that you just, you need to just pay attention and be open to it. I love so, how you support I, families through that. Cause I mean, you do, you're you make, right. you take care of everyone, not just the deceased, but the family. Oh, and I think that's even more of my job too, as a funeral director, it's to take care of the family. And, you know, when I pre-plan with families, I, I do promise the people who pre-plan with me, it's like, I will take good care of them. So uh, I definitely think, you know, whether people are religious, that they still have a spiritual guide with them. And even the people who are non-secular or don't have uh, a a church faith, they will be open to the signs because after uh, seeing what happens after a passing, they can't hide from it. You know, I'm sorry, do double rainbows um, show up after everybody passing away? But in, in, my families they all almost all of them they're like a rainbow appeared the moment that my loved one passed away and it's wow. it's weird that it's um something that the day of or the clouds will clear mm. and they see it and the thing is they didn't look at the sky uh this the same the day before but now they had a moment of clarity and they felt like a connection from the spirit to look up into the clouds and be like, oh my gosh, I think that's my parents. I think yeah. that's I think that's grandma. I think so something draws people to be open to their surroundings after a passing. And mm. I think it's uh really special when people send me the photos that they see, they send me all the pe- the, the dimes from heaven, mm. they tell me uh that they had a dream. And I feel like my families are the, the psychics, really, because they're the ones who are experiencing and then they just pass it along to me. And I just keep it in the vault to uh, let all the other families or the future families I serve, let them know they're not crazy, that this is a phenomenon that happens and you just have to be aware after somebody passes. Brittany, that's awesome. Yeah, and it is so true because each person is going to have their own. And as soon as you have a sign, you know, it's your family sign, like, you know, that person is sending the rainbows or you just know, and it just winds up being like, then everybody in the family has that same thing or that same joke. And, uh, that, about the that, rainbows, because maybe I didn't describe it right, but everybody in the family sees that same rainbow. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like they all see that same rainbow, whether yep. they're in Rensselaer, Malta. Um, she, she's, I'm pretty sure a family here locally and a family out in Arizona saw the same rainbow. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and 
so they connect over that and it's so great when the group chat after somebody passes away is them sharing stuff that they're experiencing together um big thing is smell people are smelling their loved one too. Mm-hmm. I big think, time yes yeah so that's big on me too like i get the sense of like old, old cologne or the smell of um my grandmother's uh house that she has not lived in uh for for decades but that's how i remember her is sometimes i just like smell <laughs> like things that yeah. uh from her apartment um but it's very interesting when families just say like, you know, they used to have this certain um, jacket and I remember how it was musty, but it also had his like aftershave on and, that smell, and they don't have it in the house. I just, it's, it's interesting. And I try making sure that when I talk to families that this is like their unique grief, but also letting them know that they're not crazy, that this is not a alone. People, Boy, um, that's a good balance. That's a really good point. It's their unique grief, yeah. but that they're not crazy. Yeah. I really like that. Well said. And I, I don't want everybody to think that like that, that smell is just coming about because they're like, you know, uh, m- mentally in the yeah. cloud. It's like, well, you just described something pretty specific that's from your past. Like, you should just sit with that and just know you're experiencing something. So, um, I yeah. think you hope people realize that that loved one is might be gone physically, but the relationship continues. Yeah, it's through their signs and signals. I, I mean, oh, hundred percent, right? hundred percent. You know, my brother, who I wouldn't even say is much of a believe. Well, I shouldn't say that. He is a believer, but he's not somebody that talks about it all the time. And he called me up and it had been a while after my grandfather had died. And Timmy wound up getting, um, I believe the infant, you know, the statue of the infant and um, maybe his rosary. So Timmy always kept it um, right on his nightstand. And Timmy said he came home one time and he realized that he had to keep straightening out the bed. He had to keep smoothing. My brother's, very meticulous about everything. <laughs> um, so uh, anal retentive. And so he <laughs> would go and he'd smooth out the bed. And he said he realized after the third or fourth time of smoothing out the comforter, smoothing out the bed, that it looked like somebody had sat down and was looking at the infant oh next to God. his bed. And he said, as soon as he realized that, he realized it was Papa. And that it was, you know, like he knew it. And I think that's a big part of it is when we're getting those signs, you know it in your soul who the person is or or what they're trying to convey to you. And it definitely gives you that feeling of, of love and peace. Because you can see things like that over and over again, the rainbows, but you know it in your soul when that happens, when it's who it is. People that don't ever, you know, pay attention to the rainbows. Like, I'll be honest, my husband is completely different than me. And you know, he, he walks through life being like, oh, that's a coincidence. Or, oh, I mean, well, you're crazy. I'm his crazy wife. Uh, he literally, after his mom passed away, he sees things completely different he's been getting signs from his mom um one that i will share with you after the recording because i'm not i'm not allowed to say it right now but um, (laughs) i will certainly let you know but the signs that he's been getting and he's always been like a non-believer you know he's never really had church um 
brought into his life. He has such a faith now. That's not like mm. church every Sunday, but he's a believer that after the horizon mm. that we are somewhere. And that gives me so much peace knowing that he's really on his uh, journey in a healthy way. And, and, and don't you see too that basically everybody's trying to get to the same place or have, and you wish you could give it to them. Like I wish I could wrap it up and give it to people and say, yeah. your family doesn't want you to stop living. Nobody in spirit ever shows up and says, be ha unhappy for the rest of your life or, you know, never laugh again. And I actually had a mom one time say to me, and it was after the passing of a child, she yeah. said, anytime I'm happy, I feel guilty. And, um, and this, I, I, passing was who? Her it, it was it was her child that yeah. had passed. And I said, nobody shows up, even your children, and says, okay, that's it. You're never allowed to laugh again or ever be happy. In fact, I think it does them a huge disservice. I think you have to get to that point. But I think if you're not celebrating or you're not remembering all of the fun times and then basically bringing them along for the next part of the journey of the joy, even if they're not with you, that you're really doing them a disservice because as we know, Michelle and I, that they're traveling with you all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, They're watching you. That is so crazy that I, I just got goosebumps because Katie, that's my tool in my book is continuing for the dead. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I must be sidekick. It's, it's because, you know, we're put on this planet, you know, hi, I'm, I'm born from my, Mickey and Donna, my parents, I became Brittany and I'm on this, I'm on this journey of life. And I, you know, I'm here to create my ripple effects. Like I talked um, to you guys earlier, earlier about, and my parents always wanted me to be, you know, um, a good girl, um, go, do good in school, find, follow your moral compass, be happy. Right. And, yes. and when we grow up, you know, and you experience tra tragedy, um, you want to grieve and remember the people that are in your life, but you also have to make sure that you know that you are still Brittany and you are on your, your path and wherever that goes next, you're still a person that's still living. So honor, yeah. honor the people that are in your life, but honor yourself because you are Brittany mm. and you're, you're here to, you know, make the life that you have. Um, I, they say that you have one life and, you know, after you pass, um, you know, your story ends, but continue because those that are left behind, they're going to continue your story. And as a funeral director, that's my job. So mm -hmm. I, I like talking about other people's stories and legacy. But, you know, when you're left in the dark and, you know, you just lost somebody, you're grieving very deeply. Just know that you're still on this planet for a reason and you have a story to continue. And they're going to mm -hmm. be over you. And I do think, don't you, Brittany, that everybody refers to, I know, at least in my own losses, there's life before and then there's life after. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it doesn't mean that there isn't. <laughs> right. Because, you know, then you get into um, reincarnation, I guess. And, you know, your spirit. I, I yeah. you know, my idea is, <laughs> you know, well, you know, who actually introduced me to this was, well, first off, I always thought of like, what were we before we were right. born, right? I, I think about that very, a little bit too much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I get a little tripped out and maybe after like a few glasses of Prosecco, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, what <laughs> is life? <laughs> Was I something before conceivement? <laughs> um, but, 
do you think of afterlives and past lives? Um, Melissa Neely, our good friend, she mm -hmm. opened up my eyes about my dog being my familiar and how oh, yeah. she mm -hmm. traveled with me, with me throughout lives and Lifetimes. guiding yeah. me. And it just it kind of just shows that um, the people that are in our life, we've been, been with around, you. but in different elements in a way. 100%. So, so but if, if we're ready families. to go to the horizon, or maybe that's my question is like, when we go past the horizon, whether you say that as heaven or uh, restful peace, can we come out of that and then be like, you know what, I'm feeling like I'm ready for another life. Absolutely. True. Absolutely. So the one of the first times I ever heard that, um, I can remember being very young and I think I was watching Montel Williams and um, Sylvia Brown was on. Oh, yeah. And a couple of things that she had said that deeply resonated with me. And first thing was somebody had gotten up to the mic and they said to her, um, well, how if there is an afterlife and there's a God, how can you explain all the atrocities that have happened. Wow. And, and and she she said, right off, she said, well, before we come here, we have a God contract. Yep. And in that God contract, we decide our joys and our, our challenges when we come here each time as maybe a learning experience. And as soon as she said that, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Because as you're doing certain things or you're going through certain losses, certain pains, you're still learning. And she said, the learning may be just for you solely, but it could even be a global lesson. It could be, um, you know, like a bigger uh, kind of a thing, an event that happens that other people are learning from, as well as the people in your circle, your cluster, your family cluster, you travel back and forth with many, many times. Mm -hmm. But, you may have a time, what you're asking, Brittany, is that coming back, you might say, well, I'm going to go and do this this time. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be a boy. I'm going to be whatever, but doing something. And the rest of your cluster doesn't come. It is one of the reasons why so many people in their lifetime might feel like they're missing or they're just not connecting with the right people oh, it's because their people are over oh, there. There's a yeah. great movie. I think it's called the fisherman's wife and it was Demi Moore yes. and she talks about your split apart and you know waiting for your split apart and there's that whole theory that many times your people aren't even here your your people are there and that's why you that always sense. long for it wow right and sometimes like it's like you're up there I always say you know I talk to spirits and they're like yeah well, I was up there in the fifth dimension heaven nirvana what do you want to call it with my soul family who was up there as well. And we're like looking through our past lives, like they're like little flashcards and yeah, I learned this, but I want to work on that. And when you're looking at your lifetimes and you're looking at the suffering and, and various things, it's like, Oh, that was quick. That was easy from a soul perspective. But then we get down right. here. It's like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, because we're not seeing it from that higher perspective. And I think there's always, one one term, one saying that I hate is that you're born alone and you die alone. That's the exact right. opposite of the truth. Because, you know, that tunnel yep. people travel through or the bridge they go over when they leave this earthly plane, that's the same tunnel that they come through when, they, when they're 
born, whether it be, you know, through birth or cesarean, you know, regular. But I mean, there are people on each side. I always see loved ones in spirit, grandparents, great grandparents, handing those babies down to those mothers. I love that. I love, like, I could just see that. Yeah. It, never it, alone. Gives, it gives uh, a lot of people peace, you know, especially people who are open-minded to have that, that yeah. picture in their brain that, you know, uh, I wish she was able to meet Billy, the newborn baby. You're like, uh, he did. He's the one who sent Billy to you. And some of the best things I've ever had is in the middle of a reading and it's say it's the father that's crossed over and the father is standing there and I'll say, um, your dad is holding a baby mm. and they'll be like, Oh, nobody. And I'll say, are you, are you pregnant? Are you? <laughs> and the person will say, yeah, I am. I say, well, the baby's hanging out with dad until it gets here. Oh, I, I have so, <laughs> so they do do that quite often, Brittany. Yeah, they do. Well, here's another thing about when we talk about like reincarnation, past lives. It's like, how much room is there really in heaven for all of us spirits? You know, you think about the beginning. No, honestly, you think about the beginning of time, and you also think like how there's you why we die is yeah, you know, we're all organic material, but mm-hmm. also there's not enough room on this earth to hold us all. So I always say, you know, even when it's like people understand at 97 years old, they had a good life and you know, it still hurts, but it's like they had to make room for their next, their their legacy, the next generation. Interesting kind of a a perspective on that is have you noticed uh, for me, especially in this last year, I've had more family say, I was giving birth and the grandmother passed. Yes. Oh, oh I was, I, I was I, delivering I and I couldn't go. Right. I couldn't go. And that oh, person passed times. away. Mm-hmm. And oh, absolutely. not that you want to say it's, it's, you know, one life for the other, but it seems to be a lot of that. Um, I've had that a lot. And one client said, looked at me, she goes, and it, it felt okay because my grandmother, I could tell that she wanted to, to pass the baton exactly. on to the next generation. And that, I mean, that struck me. It's like, she was so insightful to know. It's kind of like, she said it looked like a relay race. And she said her grandmother had been one of the, on the one of the first relay race teams <laughs> with, with her oh. women. Oh, bless so her. Giving her great, that was a great granddaughter, the baton, oh, which I thought was adorable. And yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, you know, the population here on earth, we, we can't all live at the same time. The earth can't no. hold us all. But like I said, also the science, we are organic material. We do break down over time. Uh, so it, it does make sense that maybe this is what I say in my uh, sermon sometimes as a celebrant. I say a wise, a wise old man once told me, uh, so I know I'm the wise old man, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. that when our bodies, you know, of natural um, disposition of how we want to pass away. You know, the average age of death is 75. So anybody older than 75, I think, you know what, they had a nice life. You know, they, they, they made it to that, that mark. Of course, mm-hmm. 75 is still kind young, but once you pass the age of uh, 75, the average, um, lifespan, I think it's a good run. So with all my services after that, I try helping the family understand death and, you know, why this had to happen uh, in a way that a wise old man once told me that 
our bodies are ready to be released and become spirits when there's more people on the other side missing them and wanting us. Yeah. So when you look around the, the funeral and it's not as busy as say a 35 year old, a 50 year old, a 74 year old, um, yeah. doesn't mean I don't yeah. services, um, for older people too, maybe not just 75, but you, you look at that, be like their mom, their dad, their siblings, their best friend, their husband, their wife, the people they grew up with. And you look around the room, nobody is there in the room. They called them to go yes. on to the other side. It was time. The call was too deep. So then the mm-hmm. circle of life where they, they pass over. So that's beautifully that. put Brittany. Thank you. I mean, I do the services now for people that don't have church. So I, I don't know how they're listening to a, a crazy redheaded. <laughs> um, but I try, in the best possible way. I, but I try to create that peace that, you know, when you start to grieve, you try to find answers and I'm not there to give you the answers. I'm there just to let you know that this is a place to start. This is a place to start start crying, get mad, but also just screen the person's name and just know that you love them. Our building is full of love. When people say funeral homes are morbid and cold, they are full of love and the energy is undeniable. I, uh, I get hot even if it's like 64, 62 degrees in the building. You get hot when you sit down for the services because you just feel the penetration of love from everybody sitting down for the service in that building. Right. Uh, so it just really really is beautiful when I'm around. I, and the other thing I always say to people, you were asking about like, you know, where are they all on the other side? It's obviously not one dimensional. Right. So people will come to me and I'll say, Oh, your mom is with you. And then they always are almost like guilt ridden. They're like, well, does mom go visit dad too? Does yeah. mom go visit my sister? And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. She can visit all of you at the same time. She can be in the 1940s. She can be in 1984, living her best life. And then she can be, you know, um, current now with you guys traveling and, you know, taking the kids to school, whatever it is. But we choose our heaven when we cross over. It does not matter what culture, what religion you are, they show us on the other side where they're hanging out. And some of it is in the happy memories and some of it is in the now. So you just like solved our quantum physics that we were just talking um, about. Our heaven truly yep. is where we want to be. So yep. if that is going to be at peace um, over the horizon with everybody else, or is that yep. looking over, you know, your 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 legacy, your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren? Turning yep. on, the or maybe your heaven is. Yeah. Let's try this again. <laughs> let's go <laughs> right. On That's a hundred percent, Brittany. What it is, and and I can't say that it's something like that was. To, like in a way taught to me because I, I grew up Catholic but I well I had a very interesting experience on a on a snowy night my daughter was probably like two years old and I always had had this psychic ability and my uh, ex-husband was on the phone with his mom and I kept seeing these two women in spirit so I inter- I was washing the dishes I interrupted him and I said ask your mother if she knows. And I, I basically was reading these two women. So I guess she was kind of like, no, I don't know who that is. Then hung up, called back and said, no, you're right. That's like my cousin. And all these different things was spot on. So I went to call my mom and dad. My mom and dad were on the phone and anything with psychics, Brittany, 
we typically do not read for our close family. It just doesn't happen. Can't see it. Very rarely, I should say. So I'm on the phone with my mother and father. And as we're talking, all of a sudden I started to see my papa, the one I was just talking about, my grandfather, my dad's dad. And I said, dad, papa is showing me the the flat on Delaware Avenue. He's showing me what it looked like. I said, there's like a fake fireplace. It's like got the fireplace, but there's nothing in it. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going towards the dining room. And I said, if I look down at the tablecloth, I can see somebody spilled ink on the tablecloth. I said, I can see grandma in the kitchen with Aunt Nancy and Aunt Joan. The girls look to be about like nine years old. And I said, and grandma looks like she's like 45. And I said, "Um, you know, Papa feels like that was like the happiest time of their life. And my father for a moment was speechless. And he said, I'm the one, he said, I'm the one that spilled the ink on the tablecloth. Oh my God. And he said that was the happiest time of my father's life. He really felt like working for the phone company, he had become something. So my father was very emotional. It was very emotional exchange between the two of us. And he said, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And he said to me, Katie, can you ask pop, you know, dad, if he's here with you, um, like, why isn't he in heaven? And I didn't have an answer. And before I could even like think to ask my grandfather, My grandfather poked me in my left shoulder and he said, you tell him heaven is wherever you choose it to be. And I choose Delaware Avenue. Oh my gosh. And so then after that, it literally changed. It like opened my consciousness. So I can attribute that to him showing that to me. So now when somebody starts to show me, I'm like, oh, that's your heaven. Oh, that's your heaven. Oh, that's your heaven. Like everybody has a different thing. Yeah. And so some people hang out literally like, up in heaven and I don't see them often, but other people are just like mingling amongst us. It's right. Right. And I I can, I had a similar experience when my uh, husband's aunt passed away. Um, I knew that she had passed because I saw her hair. She always did her hair in a certain way. And I saw her hair and I woke up and I told my husband, "I, I think she passed. And then I went on to explain what that this where she was where she went and i said this it's a second floor of this house it's down in albany it's you know it's a one of those track houses that you've got the two layers and i said the bedrooms are here the kitchen's there there's a table set in the back where the sun comes in and i see a man putting salt into yellow beer and it, it bubbles up and i said there's a place setting and i saw your aunt's name so I went and told my father-in-law and he goes, oh my God, you just described the house that we grew up in. It was knocked mm. down the, like a month before I was born. It's where the doors to the State Museum downtown Albany are now. Oh my That's gosh. House was. <clears throat> and subsequently, you know, my father-in-law passed away, unfortunately, and another aunt. And I know when a family member on that side is passing because I will dream of that house and it smells so good mm. with the sauce and the bread, but there's a new, there's a, a place set at the table and that's oh. show me and that's their heaven. And it's always a sunny day and, oh you know, pops having his beer and, you know, uh, uh, big Noni, no little Noni. She's got that bread coming out of the oven and it's my mouth is watering because I can smell it. And so and that is their heaven and that house doesn't exist here anymore. But, but they recreated yeah. it energetically on the other side. And that's where right. Oh, my gosh. I love oh. that. I wonder. I mean, I don't want to think about 
dying, but no. you know, I already picked out my outfit. But. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found that, like, you probably talk to, to people all over the globe, Brittany, but mm-hmm. do you find, and I think I've found, um, I can kind of answer that people grieve differently in other countries or they, mm-hmm. they view it differently I just celebrate it. This. I meant, cause I've been, I've been wanting to bring this, this up to you. I feel like okay. I manifested this. Have you seen the Disney movie Coco? No. No, somebody else just asked How that too. I have not seen this movie. I don't Thank have little Michelle girls. D. Scott. I watched Coco for the first time last night. And I feel like that's why my face is so swollen. I never cried so much in my life of like emotional and happy tears. And oh, next year we it. have to celebrate the Day of the Dead. I don't understand how we don't as a culture. Let me tell my you. daughter. My daughter was in Catholic school. She went to Notre Dame Bishop Gibbons and she went to St. Madeline and they always celebrated it. It was oh probably God. one of the first times that I ever like knew about it. But my, my daughter could also say the Lord's prayer and um, mm. you know, all of them in Spanish, but it, it, she, she knew all about the day of the dead. And I can remember when she came home, I'm like, huh, dang it. That's what they're teaching over in Catholic school. Like, you know, like it was, it's really cool, but it's a different way they honor. And even when we did ghost wranglers, um, we had gone to Vale cemetery. One of the things that I had found out about Vale was people used to celebrate their families. Like they'd go on the weekend and have a picnic at the cemetery. So there used to be like a swing set and everything in there. Unbelievable. And that's so beautiful. I think, so, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Disney movies. I have a two and a half year old. So (laughs) I was like, oh, I've never seen Coco before. So just out of the blue, you know, Madison and I sat down and we put it on and she fell asleep luckily because mom started bawling her honest, honestly bawling my eyes out and I felt so connected to this movie and all I could think about is like how am I not doing this on November 2nd is when the adult day of the dead November 1st is right. for children and I'm like oh, yeah. how a, what a beautiful ritual to put up a shrine of your family and yep. have the photos have the candles and like just feel connected to them that, you know, if this is the day that they, they cross over and they're there. If you watch the movie, Katie and Michelle, I'm telling you right now, it's it will. going to be life-changing because I'm certainly going to celebrate the Day of the Dead next year in my own way because I watched the movie and how the Mexican culture is. It's supposed to be a time where your loved ones from over on the on the, the horizon, I call it, um, come over and they see you. And they can only come over if you celebrate them and hold a photo on the altar yeah. whatever you do. And this is the thing that cr- I could cry, could crush me is when people forget you, then you are, I don't want to say because, you know, we're talking about energy and that how we can go into the next life right. or heaven that yeah, I, once you work. are forgotten, you do go to heaven because then everybody that you loved or who would have known you, you're no longer talked about on right. earth and you are, you are fully on the other side. Oh, you go to the light. As they say, this movie as a Disney movie just made me open my eyes to like, wow, the importance of never being forgotten and luckily, as 2023, our digital footprint, we do have things that can be passed on easily. Right. Right. 
because then I got tripped up at a prearrangement today with family. They're like, I don't have photos from the loved one that we're trying to honor. They had a fire or also uh, another part, they were born in 1929. And so those early memories uh, never were passed down through the generation. And the worst thing that they're like, mom never wanted her photo taken. And now I'm having such regret that I just didn't let that woman sit down and take her photo more often. (laughs) it, It just shows you that maybe there is a positive to us being so involved with cameras because we have a digital footprint to pass on and if i think that all the time yeah it's so different nowadays Um, years ago when i was still at the chamber (laughs) um when i was at the chamber there was a woman that wanted to start her own company and it was called i want to say it's called storytelling but basically she wanted to be the person that took each family's stories and basically encapsulated it so that she had the history of each oral history of each family um, for people that wanted it. And she said, you know, it's such a shame because people pass and then they don't have anything in record. And it made me think about that afterwards. Like if you know somebody is, you know, not doing well or whatever, make sure you record your family. Now with all of our digital means, um, you know, I do it. You'll see it sometimes on Thanksgiving and different holidays when I'm with my mother and father. I'll ask them the story of how they met and things like that, that because that. It, the fact of keeping that now, my granddaughter can see that mm-hmm. someday. And right. even if, you know, she doesn't know them, you know, know them, but like, you know, gets to, gets to see that. So I just, I do think that that's important. And Part of what I was going to say was, you know, we just got back, Jimmy and I just got back with the group from um, Scotland. And that being older, that country, and even when we were in Ireland, they, they tend to view death completely different as we do here in a lot of ways. It's, it's still sacred. It's still special. But they, like what we're talking about, like they have a drink for them or they set a meal for them. Mm-hmm. They do it on a regular basis that they are like, their family is never forgotten. Mm-hmm. So maybe that. it has to do more with the nuclear family um, being closer in, in those other countries, but they remember on a consistent basis to teach their children about them. Yeah. I just think having us a, a, a day, you know, we have veterans day. Um, but mm-hmm. I have, you know, you know, maybe I should. Uh, thinking about it, my grandfather just found all his letters that he wrote to my Mimi. So maybe I should honor him as a veteran this uh, Saturday because I had this weird serendipitous um, encounter where I found all his love letters in a. Um, I love that. Oh no! And yeah. there's a whole other like mysterious way that I feel like I was drawn to where to find it. So I love that. I think that's great. Uh, but but what I'm just thinking is like. But, you know, my Mimi wasn't a, a veteran. My mother-in-law was in a veteran. I, I just wish there was, you know, a day, which there is in the Mexican culture, where we kind of just sit and, I don't know, I wish we everybody was more spiritual where they would open up the veil for them to come over. Because we have All Souls Day, but that's not, like... I feel like we don't celebrate it in a way. Like, right. I wish, blur rather than something that... Yeah, we, and I, Halloween has just, like, become, like, you know crazy candy and slutty outfit <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying that's wrong 
I mean, <laughs> I have some past photos that I'm uh, <laughs> but um, no, it's just you know, you because I don't know. I think as a society, um, I think that's a great idea. That I think we should. Let's I, I honestly, guys, I give all the credit for this conversation because I I watch Coco from Disney. So I'm watching watch it. it my well, I, I think it was Nicholas. My son Nicholas told me to watch it. He's I can't believe you haven't seen it. And I was on, literally on the plane, and it was on there, and I almost selected it, and I was like, nah, I'll watch something else. So I think I watched Bridesmaids, but <laughs> turn my flight over. That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> for that, because that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But no, and that but, song, the theme song is called Remember Me, and that's yes. a whole other, like, ugh, you know, it's just so important. And I'll watch it when I need a good cry. I, mean, oh. I can't. I can't even watch Toy Story three without losing it. I know that's a, that's a that's a, a a tearjerker for sure. Well, I I cry every time I watch The Green Mile. Oh God, oh. yes. Oh yeah. Ah. I, you know, especially after be, becoming a mom, I definitely. Um, you know, they would say as a funeral director, the generations before, you're the person who's supposed to be strong. You don't cry. You're there to be their guide. And, um, you know, I should certainly have those moments where, like, I show no emotions because I just have to get these people who physically, mentally, and emotionally, sometimes they can't even take their first steps or maybe right. they forget to eat. So I am supposed to be their, their guide for those initial moments after a death or a tragedy. But... After becoming a mom, I'm sorry, I can't hide my emotions. I am going to be that funeral director that is getting teared up in in the corner. Yeah, it is. It's hard. But definitely, I'm I'm learning the safe places, you know, my home, my husband. (laughs) God, God love him. He's a shower for my tears. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, you you have to make it an outlet. And uh, this job definitely tests you every day. But and, and a side note, if anybody's looking to be a funeral director, um, I certainly think it's one of the best professions. I hope more people get into it because I am loving being an educator now of this business. So if anybody has questions, please uh, reach out to me who are listening, because I don't think That's a lot awesome. of people think of mortuary science and uh, a funeral director as a profession. Hudson Valley's got a really good program still, the, right? One of the best programs. So yes. if you're local definitely dm me and i will put you in the right direction (laughs) well and you know it it is one of the people i don't think realize that there is such a as you said like a process with it that they can honor their family and they can you know come in even with you i think you told us before you invite people in Mm -hmm. um to help with even um the preparation yep people you know if it's immediate family and they are the ones that want to do the hair do the dressing Uh, ceremonial cleansing you 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 are in charge of your loved one we're just here to help you because as a society as you know with the american culture this day and age we don't think about death it's taboo and when it happens like wait oh my gosh we die yeah Yeah, Yeah. like no like honestly like we put it so back in our head and it's looked at uh not like the cycle of life um, in, in most regards that when it happens, you're, you're kind of more shocked than to think, wow, I could be a part of this process. So that's why we come in to 
guide and obviously care for the dead. And as you can see from this conversation, a lot of caring for the living. Yeah. Right. Right. Beautifully you know, said. And I, it's just kind of a strange segue, but um, <laughs> talking about caring for the living um, and caring for the memory, um, we have been using Magic Mind. Yes. So um, I had, you know what, I got to tell you too, using the Magic Mind, um, I used it when uh, we came back because of having a little bit of jet lag. Yeah. And um, so this is an elixir, um, an all natural um, drink that we've been taking. And I'll tell you, it really, really works. It worked for Jimmy and I, and it really helped um, kind of mitigate having any kind of um, really? side effects from the travel. Yeah. It really did like snap you back faster um, from yeah. having any kind of that feeling. Mind. And my, my interesting uh, side of positive side effect from uh drinking the magic mind is that i mean I, I sound a little stuffy now but i've had a lot of people getting sick around me you know school started again if i do get sick from something that comes through my house it's very mild it's I, I swear oh right right whoever's in there I, it, that's not what it's advertised to do but i can tell you it, it's definitely helping with my immune system so yeah, for me, it definitely makes me what we were talking about before, Michelle, it makes me remember things like I'm, I'm moving faster. And I'm like, Oh, wow, I didn't even have to like keep going back to my list. Or if any of our listeners are interested in um, trying out some of the magic mind, we have a sponsor link, you can go to um, www.magicmind.com on the scene. So that's HTTPS. Uh, what is it? Backslash backslash www.magicmind.com backslash on the scene and your code to um, get your discount of 56% off is psychic 20 altogether. So um, give that a try guys, maybe even through the holiday season to give you a, a little bit more boost, the boost um, you with your, <laughs> yeah, the boost you need through the holidays to get you on through. Um, Brittany, do you guys suggest or do you personally do anything there for families for the holidays? I mean, that's got to be the hardest time oh, God, if somebody yeah. goes through loss. So I think I told you guys that this in the past, but weirdly enough, the holidays are the busiest time for the funeral home. I feel wow. like people, whether that is from everything from thanks, uh, Thanksgiving on to New Year's, we are so busy. And I feel like that's because families come together and people have that connection with the people here on earth. And then they mm. rise and then they pass on to the next side. That's personally what I feel um, in my spirit. I also know as uh, organic materials, humans, um, the cold does a lot for our bodies too. So I feel elderly don't do so well uh, under the conditions. Mm. So weirdly enough, the cold and uh, holidays have always been so busy that we've never thought to have a remembrance ceremony. Oh. But we are thinking ahead this year, people. <laughs> we are actually putting on a uh, service January. Oh my goodness, I look at my calendar thinking ahead. Uh, when is the epiphany? Where's my good Roman Catholic girls over here? Oh my gosh. January. Oh, come on, girls. Year. January 6th. So the epiphany oh. is when the three kings made it uh, to Bethlehem. 
yeah. honestly, I'm best. I guess I'm not the good Roman Catholic girl, and I'm not prepared. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, if my little Italian family is listening to this, I'm sorry. But no, I think that that's a great idea. So Michelle and I have commented before for us through the holidays. People think going into like Halloween, and it is a busy month because oh people, God. you know, are connected to this, you know, the spooky. But from just before Halloween, mm-hmm. right through Christmas to New Year's, mm. it is um, like a it's spook crazy. explosion. Yeah. So there's so much more spirit activity places that everybody is contacting us. And it's usually yeah. things like we set up our Christmas tree and the lights are, are working all by themselves. Or yeah. we found my mother's like, you know, lighted house decorations and they're turning on all by themselves. Or we have presents for the kids and they're wrapped and those are turning on to the point like the one family had to open them up, take the batteries out and put the the trucks out into the car because they kept turning on all night long, the alarms. It's it's insane. It really is. I think this is a time where everyone wants to come through and be here for the holidays. Right. Um, But also on my end is the last responder, the person who, you know, is facing death on, um, the holidays are really hard because people are like, all right, saw saw my granddaughter for the first time in like three years or um, finally the family's coming together and I'm going to peace out and go see my significant other on the other side. I truly yeah. like this is the narrative that I feel happens under this holidays that people have that closure. Hmm, hate using that word. Um, they have that peace. Closure is mm. not real. They have that peace knowing that I saw them. Now it's time to move on. And we we certainly see the death rates rise during this time of year. Mm-hmm. But with that said, um, because we always anticipate that it's going to be busy or we just get kind of captured um, with the higher death rate, we've never planned ahead for uh, a celebration of uh, whether that's remembrance. Uh, but we are actually going to do a, how do I put it, um, appreciation of the future. Uh, but also, oh, I like that. Yes, I, I should really should really have written these things down. But my, lovely, um, we we have a new funeral director um, the last year and a half, two years actually, Alicia. She's helping me plan our, our first ever holiday ceremony, which hmm. people typically do like blessings or they do a remembrance right around Christmas. We are right. going to do that, but into January on the Epiphany, on that Saturday, January 6th, where the tree will symbolize it's here. You survive the holidays because it's for all our families from the past year and anybody that kind of RSVPs from, you know, call um, button that we put I out there. Yeah. But we are significantly reaching out to the families from 2023. So you survived your first holiday without your loved one, but also here's a, here's a blessing and a, a, a source of um, togetherness with other grievers and other families that I have that. the same loss. And let's start 2024 with the inspiration. So we will have a way to symbolize the loved one that passed away, but also like we t- discussed today that your life journey is still continuing and that here's some inspiration to move forward in 2024. That's that amazing. is really awesome. Again, Brittany, tell our listeners where the book is going to be and how they can access it. Absolutely. So, and the name of the book. Yes, absolutely. So uh, February is when the book comes out. It is called The Grief Experience, Tools for Acceptance, Resilience, and Connection. It will be by Kelly Doughtry, who is our lead author. But 
myself and another 24 authors will be mm. co-authors, each with our own unique story of grief and each with their own unique tool to help you on your grief journey. Because we all know that grief is different from everyone and we're all yep. So that book will be released on Amazon in February. Ooh. If you are local, we are going to have it in local bookstores and do a lot of book signings. Uh, a good handful of the authors are local. So we're really trying to create a network of love and a network of support. And we hope the book helps so many people on their journey. I think it's awesome. I'm thrilled to have you on again and share your story, but I can't wait to, to see the book. And um, thank you so much again, Brittany, for, Brittany, for sharing your evening with us. And I can't wait to find out when you're pregnant again. No. You'll have to let we'll us know. First, right? <laughs> right. We'll be the first to know. It's and I want to say a special <laughs> thank you, not only to Michelle and Dee for being on this amazing journey with me um, and doing this together, um, you know, and, and making us even stronger friends, but the incredible time that we've had and will continue to have. Um, it definitely brings a lot of joy to me to, to do this work with you guys consistently. So I appreciate you both. I oh appreciate gosh. our listeners and all the suggestions and the people that are like, I can't wait to hear the next episode <laughs> or I get stopped places. So thank you all so much for coming along with us and being part of our family and keep those suggestions coming Please keep, um, you know, your shares and subscriptions. And thank you again, D. Scott. Thank you again, Michelle Lyons-Polito. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Brittany. Thank you for having me. Thank you.